I, I tell you, I battled over over preaching today, and uh, and I prayed, and I was going to get another preacher to come preach, and uh, he told me he's deer hunting this morning, and I thought, what a sorry dog to be deer hunting this morning when we can, he could be here preaching. Uh, but but uh, the Lord uh, led me to this scripture. This is uh, we're just going through First Peter, and uh, we're going to go to First Peter chapter two, and verse number four. And I think this is a very a very pertinent scripture in this time and in, in the day that we live in. First Peter, chapter two, verse number four. And if you would like to stand to honor the reading of God's word, we're going to read just a few verses, and then after we read those verses. Uh, we'll pray, and then I'm going to give you some background verses. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 4. If you're there, please say amen. The Bible says this. It says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Let's pray. Father, we love you, God, and we, we come to you in prayer one more time, thanking you, Lord, for being with us today. God, we thank you for your presence in the singing, in, the, in all that was done. God, we, we thank you for being with us. And God, we invite you to continue to be with us in the time of preaching. God, I just pray that you would move. And Lord, that people would get a hold of what your word says. Lord, that they wouldn't get a hold of, of my opinions or, or, or anything that I say. But God, what your unadulterated, inspired word says. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for each one that's here. Lord, bless them for their effort. God, bless those that are listening by way of the internet, God, and just have your way in whatever situation that there is, and we'll never fail to praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you still have your Bible in your hand, I'm going to ask you, just, just for a moment, if you will, to turn back to the book of Matthew, chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16, if you remember uh, Peter, uh, if you know anything about the disciples, you know who Peter is, right? And uh, if, you, if you attend this church, you know that every week I talk about this just a little bit, that Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. And Peter got to witness things that some of the other disciples didn't get to witness. He was part of, of Jesus' transfiguration. And, and in verse number 13 of Matthew 16... Here, here are these words. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples a question, and He said this, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom 
say ye that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He confessed who Jesus was, and that's exactly who Jesus is. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we've read this scripture over and over. Right? A lot of people know this and, and understand the confession of, of Peter. But Peter started out as Simon, right? See, not only did God change his heart, but, but Jesus gave him. Well, Peter is actually, uh, some believe it's actually a nickname. Some would say that, that Jesus had a nickname for Peter, and this is the one that he gave him the nickname. And the word Peter, we, we talk about him all the time, but the word Peter means this. And, and as I studied this out and I, I figured this out, it was, it was sort of a, 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 an awesome thing to see. He says, you are Peter. Now what does Peter mean? It means this. It means in the Greek, the word is, is Petros. Or Petros, depending on which side of the tracks you're from or which, which side of the mountain perhaps. And, and what that means is this, it means the little rock. So Peter, back in, in 1 Peter, and if you want to turn there, we'll, I'll give you some more background on this. But back in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter begins to talk about the stone where he begins to talk about rock. And, and in every single one of those verses that I read, the, the word stone appears. Now when Jesus was talking to Peter back in Matthew, I, I would assume that he was looking around and, and wouldn't you love to have a nickname like the Little Rock? Wouldn't that just be a blessing to, to say, well, you're like a little rock and you stand there and, and you say, well, how do I take that? I, I don't really know what you, you mean by that, Jesus. But Jesus goes on to say, he says, you're the Little Rock. And he says, upon this rock I will build my church. So what does that mean to us today? Does that mean that, that we build ourselves upon Peter? Absolutely it does not. But Peter got to be God's mouthpiece in the book of Acts. And Peter, when the Holy Spirit fell, was the one that began to preach. And, and we find that the church as we know it today sort of spawned from Peter and his preaching and all that he did. But Peter takes this, takes this title, the, the stone or the rock, and he wants to, to point back to Jesus. See, that's the sign of a true follower of Christ. A true preacher does not preach himself. He does not puff himself up. But he always, always, always points back to Jesus. If Jesus is not at the center of my message, if God is not the one that is glorified, then I have failed as a preacher. When Peter wrote this book, when, when he was writing to these persecuted people, these people that were about to face things that they had never faced, Peter was pointing to Jesus. If Peter would have said, you know what, Jesus said that I'm the rock. And so you can put your faith in me. If Peter would have said that to, to them and they would have done that, guess what? They wouldn't have made it. They would have not been able to persevere through these persecutions. But Jesus, or Peter, is pointing back to Jesus. And he says in verse 4, To whom coming asked unto a living stone, this allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. But then he points to verse number 5, and, and he says this, Ye also, as lively stones, or as, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, 
a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. See, the, 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 ten, the center point of Jewish worship, remember if, if you recall anything about the first century, is not only was the persecution of the church coming from those from without, those that were, were basically just non-believers, but a lot of the persecution was coming from the established church, right? It's, it was coming from the Jews and it was coming from their leaders. And they placed a great emphasis on the temple of God. And they would go, and that's where they worshipped. And Jesus, I want you to understand this. When Jesus came to fulfill the Scripture, He never dishonored those things. Amen? Jesus always honored those that came before Him. He did not dishonor the temple. He did not dishonor the sacrificial system in any way. Jesus just came to fulfill it. And He says that we, I want you to understand this, we have a very awesome responsibility that we have a job to be, it says, as, as lively stones, as living stones, part of the building that God is building, that we are actually part of God's church. We're not just members of God's church. We're not just members of the New Testament church, but we are actually integral parts of what God has called us to do and what God has called us to be. He says that we are lively stones. He says, and we're, we're also to offer up scriptural or spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. These people knew about the sacrifices. They knew about the temple, and they knew that it was built out of these huge stones. A couple of years ago, I got to go see the temple in Jerusalem, or at least what remains of the temple of this, this time. And there's these huge stones. And, and still to this day, uh, or to this day, the, the, the Jewish people, they don't have rights to go to the temple. But they can go, and they can go lay their hands on these stones. But yet you and I today, we don't have to go. I'm glad that I don't have to go to a temple, aren't you? I'm glad that I don't have to fly to Jerusalem every time that I want to worship God. I'm glad that I don't have to go down to the local synagogue and, and ask a Jewish priest to forgive me of my sins or to confess or to make a sacrifice of a calf or a goat or, or whatever. I'm glad that as part of the body of Christ that I can offer spiritual sacrifices to Him every single day. But it doesn't in there. It goes on to say this. He says, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, as he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Now Peter is actually quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting the book of Isaiah, chapter number 28, verse number 16. And it says the exact same thing, that God... Behold, I lay, this is Elijah speaking for God, or Isaiah speaking for God, and he says, Behold, I lay in Zion, I lay in home in Jerusalem, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. See, we're always building something, right? Every day of our life, we're, we're building something. We're, we can be building our own kingdom, or we can be building for the kingdom of God. And what I see more oftentimes than not is that these people that, that have this opportunity to be building for God, to have these opportunities to be offering scriptural sacrifices or spiritual sacrifices, have taken it and they've, and they've turned it around and they've began to build their own kingdoms in their own lives. And what they've done... It says this in verse one, he says, or verse four, he says that, that they have disallowed the cornerstone. 
And we don't use that word much anymore. In fact, I don't think I use that in, in everyday conversation, disallowed. But he says it later on. He says that the one that the, the, the one that the builders disallowed rejected. See what we've done, if we're not careful, we'll push Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, out of what we do. We, uh, even churches today, I tell you what I see is, is a lot of, of so-called church entities that have just pushed Jesus out of it. If our church, if this church right here, Cookville Free Will Baptist Church, is not, is not based, founded, and grounded upon Jesus Christ, then we can't call ourselves a church. We might as well go out to the sign out front and, and put the Lions Club on it or, or, you know, put the Elks Lodge on it or something. Because if we come together and our focus is not on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and not on glorifying Him and, and if our life every day is not on Him, if we have rejected Him in any part of our life, then, then we're not really doing ourselves and we're not doing God a whole lot of good at all. Amen? But it says here, if you notice, it says that which the builders rejected. In verse number 7, unto you, therefore which believe, he is precious. I say amen to that. And I like that Peter spends very little time talking about those that believe, that say he's precious. He, he's not really focusing on those that are already believers. See, Peter is focused on those that, that do not believe in Christ. And Christ should be precious to us in every single way. But here in verse number 7, he begins to focus on those that are disobedient. Those that do not believe. Those that have rejected Christ. See, when you hear the gospel preached... When you hear about the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, when you hear about Him coming back and rising from the dead, when that is presented to you, a decision is made every single time. You, you, if, you, if you do not accept Christ, then guess what? You have rejected Him. Doing nothing with Jesus is as good as rejecting Him. I don't think anybody in their right mind would, would say that they, they would purposely and reject Jesus Christ. That they would actually say, you know what, Jesus, I've heard about you and I've heard your gospel and I've heard that you're the cornerstone, but you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't think people say that, at least people that are, that are in my opinion, in their right mind. Most people say, well, I'll just, I'll just deal with Jesus later, and, and they never do. But it goes on to say in verse 7, but unto them which be disobedient, those that are not obedient to His word, those that are not obedient to His call, those that are not obedient to what He asks, and the invitation that He gives, He says, the stone, which by the way, I need to throw this in there, that Peter was the little rock, he was the Petros. But Jesus and this word, if you look it up in the Greek, and some of you that do, this word stone here is a different stone. It is the Petra, the unmovable rock. And he says this, that those that believe in the Petra, the unmovable stone, which the builders disallowed, the same is the head of the corner. But it said he's a stone of stumbling. And a rock that offends even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. He talks about the, the builders 
rejecting him. Who's he talking about? What's the context here? Well, Peter's talking about the, the Jewish establishment, the, the religious system of the day. And you say, well, why in the world would a religious establishment reject Christ? It's because the things that, that Jesus came preaching, Jesus came preaching holiness and righteousness. And these people didn't like Jesus. You know one of the reasons that these, these leaders did not like Jesus? Because he was a friend of sinners. I'm going to turn your attention. I'm going to read this. You don't have to turn your Bibles there. But for Luke chapter 20, I like to give a lot of scripture to back up what I'm saying here. Luke chapter 20, verse number 17, Jesus is looking at these, at these, these Pharisees and these scribes. And it says, And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Same thing Peter said. He says in verse 18, And whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. See, the thing about it, the reason that, that people don't want to build their life on Jesus is when you, when you build your life on Jesus, He expects you to be holy. Amen? He expects you to live in a certain way. In fact, if you notice this, he talks about uh, verse number 5. He calls those that believe, he calls them a holy priesthood. And when you build, start building your life on Jesus and when he is the cornerstone, the thing about it is, is he begins to expose things. And the word of God, it says that it, it offends people and he's a rock of offense to many. See, to, to me, Jesus is my Savior Jesus is the one who I try to live and serve every day of my life. I try to live for Him and serve Him to the best of my ability. And sometimes I make mistakes and sometimes I don't always do what I should. But you know, to some people, He's actually offensive. That The Word of God, it offends them. It makes them angry. Why does it make them angry? Because it exposes their sin. But the Bible doesn't just expose he doesn't leave it at that. He doesn't just want to be a stone of stumbling for you. He wants to be the rock upon which you build your life. For some, they hear what the, the preaching, they hear the Word of God, and they stumble all over it, and they try to explain it away, and they try to say, well, this was just some Jewish prophet that rose up, and, and, and then it becomes a rock of offense, and they get mad, and they say, well, God did this, or God did that, or God didn't do this, and, or God didn't do that for me, and he becomes a rock of offense. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes us actually stumbling over the Word so that we can, as Jesus said in Luke chapter 20, so that we can fall upon that rock and so that we can become broken. You know how you have to come to God with a broken and a contrite spirit? You cannot come to God. You cannot go to the throne of God or come to Jesus and ask for salvation with a prideful heart. You must be broken and you must have, have fall upon the rock. But Luke chapter 20 says that if you don't fall upon the rock and become broken, then guess what will eventually happen? The rock's going to fall upon you. 
This is an unmovable rock, a rock that you would not be able to get off of you. And when that rock falls upon you, it's too late. Judgment comes. Right now, Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He's the rock that we can go to and ask Him to forgive us of our sins. He's the rock that provides salvation. But yet one of these days, the opportunity for salvation will be no more. One of these days, Jesus will no longer extend that invitation. He will no longer say, hey, come unto me. But instead, He will say, it's too late. And He will not, He'll be forced to allow us to go to hell, those that reject Him. I don't understand that. I don't know why, why people would reject Jesus when you have the opportunity to fall on Him. This is a super simple message this morning. This is not anything that's, that's hard to understand. So to sum it up, and, and I don't normally do this, but, but just remember that, that if our life is built on anything else, we're set for failure. We are absolutely going to fail. And if Jesus is not the cornerstone of our life, then we're building on something that's surely going to fall apart. But Jesus offers us salvation. He offers forgiveness. If you're lost here this morning, that means that Jesus is probably just a stumbling block for you. That you come and you hear the sermons and you stumble all over Him and, and maybe even sometimes you're offended by the Word. I, have I ever stood in the pulpit, some pulpit and preached anything that offended you? I know that I have because I see the look on your faces sometimes. But God did not come to send Jesus to offend you. He sent Jesus to save you. I would encourage you this morning, if you're not saved, then why don't you put your faith in Jesus? Don't, don't put your faith, I, I, I don't tell you what, don't put your faith in me. Don't put your faith in, in a church. Now, attend a church faithfully, amen? Uh, love your pastor, love your deacons, love those around you, love the church. But put your faith in Jesus, because He is the only the only, the only sure foundation. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for the wonderful service. And Lord, what a simple message this morning that I tried to deliver just as quickly as I could. That you're the rock. You are that Petra. You're the, the unmovable one in our lives. Lord, in spite of the things that are going on in the world, in spite of the things that are happening around us and and all that, that seems to be just, just going downhill. Lord, we can depend on you. You haven't changed. You have remained unmovable. And God, I pray that if there's somebody in this, in this church this morning that doesn't know you, that hasn't accepted you as their Savior, and, and maybe they've been stumbling over you for some time, and maybe sometimes they get offended at what your word says. God, I pray that they would fall on that rock today and become broken before you and, and ask you into their heart. What a blessing it would be on Homecoming Sunday to see somebody come to you, turn from their wicked ways, and make you the cornerstone of their life and begin to build their life on you. What a wonderful thing that would be. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.